0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hello Chiefs Kingdom and welcome to the Great British Chiefs Show. The show that gives you a unique insight of what it's like being passionate Chiefs fans from across the pond in the United Kingdom. A way of introduction, I am Brad Simcox, a.k.a. The Brit Chief. He is our Headlines editor, Tom Childs. But collectively, we are known as the creators of the Chief's Legion of Zoom nickname. How are we doing, mate? Are we lost? (laughs) We We seem to be bouncing around from different platforms at the minute, mate.
0: Yeah, I don't know how we ended up here, though. Somehow we've ended up on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. You and I, Brad and Tom, Legion of Zoomcasts, very own Our Heads Abroad, a former, and yeah. now on the Our Head Pride podcast network. What crazy person allowed us to do this?
1: Well, I think you stole the login details off
0: Pete, didn't you? Yeah, I feel like I've, I've broken <laughs> into my over. dad's. Bro, I've broken into my dad's computer, and I've brought my friend along as well to see what havoc we can cause online. <laughs> um, no, a new venture for us. It was Pete that reached out to us and asked us if we wanted to come on and put a show together for the masses. The the, the masses of the Chiefs kingdom. So, um, more for him. I feel like after listening to this, he's going to be like Anakin Skywalker in episode three, you know, the whole, what have I done type. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Pete, for giving us this platform. Um, and welcome, Chiefs Kingdom, to this to this new podcast. We hope you enjoy it.
1: Yeah, we've been handed the keys to Dad's Ferrari, basically. That's what it is, isn't it? That's what it feels like. <laughs> um, yeah, we've um, we, we found ourselves on Our Head Pride, which is uh, obviously a huge, huge thing for me and obviously for you, Tom, even though you actually work for them anyway. hmm um, but yeah, to actually be on the Arrowhead Pride kind of platform, it's uh, it's, it's a big deal, isn't it? It's a yeah. big deal for me. This
0: well, welcome, welcome, well yeah. deserved, well deserved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, thanks to the guys at Hourhead Pride for uh, for obviously giving us the uh, the belief um, or believing in us, should I say, uh, yeah. to actually do some kind of show uh, for for obviously Cheese Kingdom. But uh, just a quick one. Well,
0: we must add that the name, the Great British Chief Show was Pete's thinking. And I know you like to think yourself as a bit of Hollywood now, Brad, but maybe yeah. we should start calling you Paul Hollywood.
1: Ah, <laughs> yes. Are, are you going to try and fat cheer me again? Yeah, something you like, like that. You've me Fat Derek Carr before. Yeah,
0: something <laughs> like that. Do you know Americans love the Great British Bake Off? Do they? They do. I don't know a single American that doesn't like it. Like, they are constantly tweeting about it. And it was Pete that said about the Great... British Chief show, and I start talking about the Bake Off, and he's like, yeah, I, I know what it is. Like, I watch that. <laughs> so it turns out it's a thing That's in America. That's crazy, isn't it? Yes.
1: It's it's nice that we've got that kind of export. It's probably yeah. the only thing we do export at the minute, isn't it? Like some yeah. TV shows. Um, but, yeah, we, we seem to have some success, don't we, as Brits?
0: <laughs> Something like that.
1: In, in America? I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. But, um, yeah, it's it's basically just a, a bit of a, an insight, really, isn't it? Of, uh, of, of Chiefs fandom across the pond, basically. Because, you know, up until recently, we have been quite a small kind of group of people, haven't we? Um, in Chiefs Kingdom over in the UK. But um, yeah, it has grown. And, mm-hmm. and it's grown really from the success of the team as well. And we're still welcoming fans you know, to the Chiefs Kingdom over here, um, especially with the likes of, you know, um, our heads abroad, who uh, was your kind of baby, wasn't it at the time yeah um, and yeah bringing together cheese fans from across the pond it's 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 nice it's good it's it's warming and it's, we are
0: like it... the ultimate embraces of bandwagon fans like I know yeah. <laughs> a lot of like Kansas City locals aren't the greatest supporters of bandwagons us over here we love them like we love a bandwagon like man united in the 90s everyone loved them like liverpool in the 80s everyone loved them so we it's just a case in this country that people like jumping on a bandwagon and the mahomes bandwagon has a lot more room left on it so we embrace any anyone that wants to come along and support the Chiefs. So at the end of the day, when we have meetups, the our Heads abroad meetups, it means that we've got more people to hang around with. So yeah, embrace the bandwagon. That's what we say. Definitely, definitely.
1: Well, we've, uh, we've patched together a show for our first one, haven't we?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which uh, is, is kind of a bit of like a comparison one on this one. So uh, this month's show, will be looking at the differences and similarities between the NFL's free agency and the soccer transfer window. I hate calling it soccer. It's football, in it, really? You're going to have to. <laughs> Plus, uh, we'll be taking an educated guess as to which team the Chiefs could be facing in London if the International Series goes ahead as planned in 2021, obviously because of the COVID restrictions. But hopefully that will all be lifted by then. Uh, and it's something that we can we can really look forward to. But shall we, um, shall we go straight into, obviously, the differences and similarities between the NFL's free agency and... Soccer's transfer window.
0: Mm-hmm. They couldn't be any more different if you tried. Like you said, the word similarities, and I think there are similarities to come, but right now they are two completely different systems. Like it, the, the soccer slash football is going to take some getting used to. Uh, transfer window <laughs> yeah. is there's a lot of money changing hands, but unlike in the NFL, where the, all the money goes to the players, obviously in our football, the majority of it, goes to the clubs. And you've seen some obscene amounts of money transfer in hands. And where the NFL likes to promote this idea of parity, it simply doesn't exist in Soccer slash football.
1: Um, soccer slash football. <laughs> soccer slash football.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, anyone can buy a football team these days and pump loads of money into it. And a team can be good overnight because of a rich owner. We've seen it happen many on many occasions. Paris Saint-Germain, Man City, Chelsea mm-hmm. are like the big free examples of that. But any team that falls into money, they can turn their fortunes around. Where American football's I feel like the idea of free agency is built on fairness and is more orientated towards rewarding the player as opposed to the clubs. And I think we are starting to get a little bit of free agency into soccer slash football. Coming into it, like, you only have to look at the, the players that are running down their contracts in soccer this year that will become free agents, as it were, in May and June, your likes of... Your Lionel Messi's, your Sergio Agueros, players that should command these huge transfer fees are now running down their contracts. I'm an Arsenal fan. Kudos to anyone here that supports Arsenal as well. But we've lost countless players to free agency deals. Part of that is terrible organization by my football club. But the other part of it is players now realize that they can run down their deals and the money that would normally be spent on the transfer fee. Which obviously doesn't exist in American football, can now be spent on the player. So, rewarding the player. Uh Aaron Ramsey, for example, left Arsenal two or three years ago. Arsenal were offering him 250 grand a week. He was still turning that down, let his contract run out. And Juventus, who didn't then have to pay Arsenal a transfer fee, could pay Aaron Ramsey 400 grand a week. That's about four hundred grand a week. It's about $500,000 per week. And we're not talking the traditional American football contract here of 16, 17 weeks. We're talking 400000 grand a week every week of the year. So the money is outrageous in, 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 in soccer. And the sooner it moves to an American-style free agency, the better. Mm. Because I love the idea of a salary cap. I love the idea of... Um, GMs having to be smart with their money now some people turn around and say oh well the salary cap is a myth look what Brett Beach and look what the Saints have done over the last few years look what (laughs) Brett Beach done with $177 but there's still an element of control within that that has to exist where in football it's just a free-for-all they've tried introducing a financial fair play which just hasn't worked at all um, Some clubs get punished for it Some clubs do not It depends on like How well you are With the with the top dogs In UEFA and FIFA But in general I feel like American football Has And the NFL Has a much fairer system And I'm sure yeah. You being a Newcastle United fan Who aren't one of the big boys You totally agree I completely
1: agree But mm. the See the thing is I don't even think that uh, A free agency st- Type of um, you know, arrangement over here in our soccer/slash football would be the key thing either because again you're still paying the big money for the best players again, aren't you? you? Yes, you're not directly paying it to the clubs. If you if what you're predicting is going to be going to happen is you know is actually going to be right, um, you know the, the club isn't getting the money, the player is, but still the players are still going to be going to the big money big money clubs, aren't they,
0: basically? So until a salary cap's introduced. It's worth exactly. So that's.
1: I mean, the yeah, salary money cap still would goes be, to money. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, the salary cap would be wonderful. Like you said, you know, a Newcastle United fan. I think we're sitting currently 17th in the Premier League at the moment. We were a big club, and um, you know, you didn't hear many Newcastle fans shouting about it when we, we brought the transfer record mm-hmm. of bringing Alan Shearer from Blackburn Rovers for 15 million pounds, which was a world was it a world record or something at the time? It was a it was. British transfer record as well? It was insane that now the level of money that's going into football, um, it, it's it's crazy to think that you know they are they, they, gonna survive even without a salary cap. They have to get a salary cap of some sort to try mm-hmm. and bring that down a bit because yeah, you're just gonna get this golfing class, which is already showing. You can see it already. You know, you get the usual top six teams mm-hmm. every every year. Because of the players that they can bring in. Um, but yeah, salary cap for me would be um definitely a level playing field. And I've I've kind of seen that a little bit more being a fan in the NFL, thinking that yes, a salary cap could work. It can be manipulated. We can we can obviously see that happening in the NFL, that it can be manipulated in a certain way to get the players that you need and it into a deals. But I still think it's a much fairer
0: system than what we have now already in the UK. End of the day, the players are the ones that get rewarded. We're we're looking at the the NFL.com 101 list, and it's got nothing to do with teams whatsoever. It's all to do with the players, and the players earn. Well, they get what they earn. At the end of the day, it's a reward system, Mm -hmm. and it's a fair reward system that what helps every single club. And I'm happy that I follow a sport that likes to do things in what I call the right way. And I'm hoping that other sports, European sports, will learn from all of US sports.
1: Yeah. I do actually like uh, the the January transfer window, though. I always like that over here. We Obviously, we have a a transfer window at the beginning of the season and we have one uh, in January, don't we? Mm -hmm. Um, Where it's quite exciting, especially when it comes down to deadline day you're literally switching on Sky Sports and you, you, you're just trying to find out if your team is actually going to buy somebody the next big thing, you know, the next yeah. big player. Um, and there's a, normally a bit of a countdown to it. So it builds to that excitement where yeah. you don't kind of have that in the NFL free agency, really, do you? No. There's no I, know, I know there's a cutoff point, but there's no real kind of like deadline day dramas.
0: No, we, and obviously you kind of get it in reverse in the NFL. Like you, as soon as you get to the legal tampering Period. It just is just like so much activity. And then, like, the following two or three days, like that first wave of free agency, I find just as exciting as I do deadline day transfer window mainly because my club are never involved in deadline day transfer window but yeah that first wave was a free agency when you've because you feel like now from now until the middle of March we're going to be talking about well, oh, where will this player play where will this player play what will the Chiefs do with Sammy Watkins what will Chiefs do with Bashar Breland up until um, this week it was oh, where will JJ Watt sign and you have all of that activity and every single team is in the market for those type of players, where in the traditional soccer-slash-football team, if a, I don't know, a Thierry or come on the market, you know that it's only one or two or three players could afford him. Where you know now, like, any player, JJ Watt comes onto the market and he's linked to the Steelers, he's linked to the Packers, he's linked to all these teams. And he signs with the Cardinals out of left field. And I just just like that aspect of it, is the fact that, any team is in the running. But I do want us to do, to go for a little activity if we may. I have often wondered what Patrick Mahomes would be worth if there was a soccer slash football style transfer window in the NFL. And oh, it's
1: value. What like player comparisons or monetary value? Just we monetary
0: value. So yes. if he was for sale, how much would it cost to secure the transfer of Patrick Mahomes. Okay.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I've done some research. Difficult one.
0: I've done some You've research. You've done some research. I've done so, some research. Right, okay. like, it's, it's kind of hard to Google oh, NFL players' value in soccer terms. It's it, There's not much. So you, I've kind of <laughs> made this up as I've gone along, but I've also got some logic there. Okay. okay. So I yeah, found yeah. two comparable transfers just two in the history of football. And the things I was looking for was the best player at the time or one of the best players at the time leaving the supposed best team in the world Mm -hmm. for a huge fee. Because it's fair to say Patrick Mahomes is 1A or 1B the best player in the world. Okay, Mm -hmm. We all think he's the best player in the world, but some people argue another. So we're going to say 1A or 1B. And I think it's also fair to say that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Even though they... Mm -hmm. Just what happened in the Super Bowl, who's the favourites going into next year? Kansas City. Kansas City, Mm -hmm. okay? We've been the best team in the league for two or three years. One Super Bowl loss does not... Still doesn't make us the best team in the league. We are up there, okay? So, I found two transfers. The second one, I'm not really on board with. But -hmm. the first, I think, maybe... Cristiano Ronaldo left Man United in 2009 to join Real Madrid. At the time, he'd just won the Premiership with Man United and he'd just won the Champions League, I believe. And yeah. then he joined Real Madrid for, at the time, a world record fee of £89 million. Okay. The argument to this one is you could say that Ronaldo probably wasn't the best player in the world at the time. He was one yeah. of the best players in the world but he wasn't the best player in the world. Now it's just like, it's, it's a coin flip between Messi and Ronaldo, where back then you could probably say it was Messi and then Ronaldo was like second or third.
1: I would say that, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the only argument you could have against that one. So that's quite- I still fair. say Messi's better than Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no <laughs> um, so that's the one argument you could have for that. And if you adjust that transfer for inflation, it's 195 million pounds. That's how much that transfer is worth today. Now, the other one is actually worth more because it happened more recently and it was actually more than that in value. It was £198 million. And that one was Neymar leaving Barcelona to join PSG. Now, Barcelona, obviously the biggest club in the world, the best club in the world, have been for the last 10, 15 years. Um, Obviously been playing with Messi, but the sticking point there is he's not, he wasn't even the best player on his team. It would be like Mm. us talking about Travis Kelsey leaving. And how much yeah. would he be worth? So it's hard to use the Neymar one, but I'm using the Neymar one as the absolute floor for this transfer. So I do think, you might think I'm chatting rubbish here, but I do think that if Mahomes had a monetary value, you've got to be looking at like the quarter of a billion to 300 million <sighs> pound mark. Especially when you add his contract on top of it, you are talking about a stupid amount of money. And if there were to be a football style um, transfer window in the NFL and you were using soccer as the basis, the co- the, the fee would be outrageous for Mahomes. Right? People are talking about Deshaun Watson being three or four first round picks and that's how we would oft- often say, what would Mahomes be worth in terms of draft picks? But in terms mm-hmm. of monetary value, I probably would go to far, uh, go as far to say it'd be worth, uh, be worth even more than that. You could say half a billion. You really could put an argument up for it.
1: Definitely, like you said, I mean, we haven't seen the best players move around yet either. Like, like we said, I, I think Messi's still one of the greatest players ever I've ever seen. Um, but then you've obviously got Mbappe as well, haven't you? Who yeah. he's another one. We do, we do, we haven't seen them move for the big money yet.
0: You say that? Um, he's, he, you say that he hasn't moved for the big money. He sold. He yeah. just sold for one hundred and twelve million like three years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's,
1: but that's still not our big race. money, is it? Really, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, these days it's not big money now, is it? But, you know, it, it, looking at it like at the current standpoint now, you know, if, if Messi or Mbappe move now, I mean, that's going to be, you're going to be going into the 200 million plus, aren't you,
0: surely? Well, someone's getting Messi for free this summer. So um, <laughs> well, apparently, yeah, exactly. apparently his contract's worth <laughs> 750 grand a week. So that should be So fun. what you're saying is here with your little
1: theory about, you know, all these players running out their contracts and mm. things, you could be saying this could be the death of the transfer fee, the transfer kind of, price tags and things like that that we've been so accustomed to all this time?
0: I hope it is. I do hope mm. it is because it needs to happen in football. Yeah, I do think it's coming to, to an end. I think the days mm. of huge transfer fees are are a thing of the past. I don't think we're ever going to see a £200 million uh, transfer fee again.
1: Mm. All free,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All three ones. Well, it's a good uh, right. job, actually, that Kansas City is a soccer town because we've just spent like 10, 15 minutes kind of talking about football and soccer at the same time. Um, yeah. But Kansas City, we hope you get our head stadium. We hope the World Cup bid goes, goes there. Uh, 2026. Oh, if it is, is, we'll be there. We'll
1: be there. Yeah. Nail is on for that one. That'd be brilliant. that will be some atmosphere. Wouldn't it? Mm, our head. For sure. that will be brilliant. All right, then let's uh, take a quick break and uh, we'll come back with our thoughts on the free agents that we would like for the Chiefs this uh, 2021 season. And, the London games as well, which we'll be discussing very soon. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. we got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work Welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show. We're going to discuss the free agents that we are looking forward to uh, hopefully signing for the Chiefs and we'll be looking at the London games as well. So let's start off with the free agents, Tom. Um, We're going to do a realistic and an unrealistic signing, aren't we, on this for both of us. Do you want to start off with your unrealistic
0: Yeah, let's go for it. Let's waste everyone's time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Who you would like to have who is Um, available now. I think the whole of Chiefs Kingdom want this guy but I think it's probably a little bit unrealistic to say we're going to get him especially given what Brett Veach said this week about retaining Sammy Watkins. Um, I think Alan Robinson would be the ultimate addition to this Chiefs receiving core. Um, A player that's produced no matter where he's been no matter what quarterback he's been playing with. Like you look at some of the guys that this guy has had throwing to him and you look at the stats and you just don't They shouldn't marry up. They really shouldn't. And then you go to think about what if he was playing with a good quarterback. And then you start thinking about, well, what if he was playing with a great quarterback? And then you start to think about, well, what if he was playing with the best quarterback? And then you start thinking about what if he was playing with the best quarterback of all time? And then you start thinking, wow, this guy would be incredible. And that's why I think it's an unrealistic um, expectation to think that the Chiefs might sign Alan Robinson because I think everyone's going to be in for Alan Robinson. Don't yeah. be surprised to see the Packers make a a move for him. It'd be a typical, you know, swiper yeah. a neighbor, an NFC North neighbour if the Packers took Alan Robinson off the off their hands. Uh, I I'd love to see him in, in red, but I just I cannot see it. I just can't see how we can possibly afford him.
1: That will be a marquee signing and a half. That I think. I yeah. think you're right there. And he has been teasing the Chiefs' kingdom quite a bit recently on Twitter, hasn't he? With his, uh, he's been playing Madden as the Chiefs and stuff like that that he's yeah. been doing. He wants um, to come. He wants oh, to come. I don't definitely. doubt that whatsoever. Yeah,
0: like, he's probably seen a little bit of what Matt Nagy's probably capable of. And I know Matt Nagy's offense hasn't been the greatest in Chicago, but he's probably seen a little bit and think actually I can see how this would work with an excellent quarterback, And they thought, actually, if I go to Kansas City and I get Andy Reid, who's like an even better version of Matt Nagy, and then Patrick Mahomes as well, and he's thinking, oh, maybe I could have some fun in this offence. But would if, he wants, if he it wants would to have some tasty. fun in the Chiefs offence, he's going to have to take a pay cut, unfortunately.
1: Uh, it would be tasty, mate, without a shadow of a doubt. But, um, OK, my unrealistic target, which is currently a free agent, is, dare I say it, Shaq Barrett uh, dare I that, say it that guy, uh, that <laughs> did, guy. He, did he yeah. have a good
0: game recently I, I'm not too sure if he did Me,
1: looking at how he played I mean yes okay we have to take it with a pinch of salt as well because he was playing against the second string kind of O-line but the speed that that guy had and the urgency you're giving that them
0: had. that much credit second string
1: <laughs> <laughs> well uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah second slash third slash I don't know fourth maybe I don't know um, but you know, the way he um he really brought the pressure. Um, I think if we had him on the other side of Frank Clark, um, that would be some amazing pass rush and it would really give a lot of teams some uh, some real difficult problems. So for me, yeah, if uh, if the money's right, you know, $177 it would be going straight to Shaq Barrett <laughs> um to, to come and play for the Chiefs. But um yeah, that that's completely unrealistic in my view, really. Um Great. it would be a nice to have yeah. But, yeah. If you could um, pick
0: between, you can only sign one of them, Shaq Barrett or Alan Robinson, which one would you soon to have?
1: Oh, uh, do you know what? I would actually take Robinson.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the wise move. Make, I, I it, think, make your strength um, even stronger.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, it, yeah, it, it'd
0: just be a, a devastating addition, really, to this offence. what um, I was going to say was that we've seen how effective the Chiefs offence can be when Sammy Watkins plays well and they've got some form of protection, the Chiefs offense can be outrageous. And then if you upgrade on Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson, then you're talking like 2018-plus type levels. And that's why I've gone for a wide receiver as my realistic free agent signing. All right. Um, I've gone for Corey Davis. Now, I I went between a few wide receivers here. Because there's a few I like. Obviously, I love Kenny Golladay. But again, that's another unrealistic one. And I really like his teammate in Marvin Jones. But he's getting on 30 years old. And then you look at Corey Davis, who's a lot younger. He's only 26, I believe. Um, Only fifth year in the league this will be that to deceive it's fair to say in years 1, 2 and 3 but then had a little bit of a breakout in year 4 went for 65 receptions, 984 yards and 5 touchdowns to put it in perspective Sammy Watkins hasn't got anywhere near that number since mm. he's been in town Um yeah. so he would be a solid wide receiver 2 addition and he's a pro so picking up the offense will be a little bit easier for him than say bringing in a rookie first rounder yeah. or a second rounder And we don't need this second wide receiver to be incredible. We don't need him to put up Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey numbers. We just need him to be A, available, which is the most important thing here, because that's what Sammy Watkins wasn't, and B, reliable. And I think Corey Davis has proved himself to be both, both of those in the last 12 months. So I would be totally on board with... Um, Brett Reach going after a guy like that obviously he's not going to be the top tier talent there's going to be about seven or eight guys that probably go ahead of him first and then when the second wave of free agency starts I'd be more than happy if, if Brett Veach took a flyer at him
1: OK my realistic um, is actually believe it or not uh, he was my draft crush from 2017. Yes, the 2017 when we drafted Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I was banging on about this guy for quite some time. Um, obviously, before we knew that uh, the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, but 2017, I had Hassan Redick as as my draft crush. Um, he was, yeah, he was. He had all the right attributes. He had the you know the, the the praise from his peers and all that kind of thing. And I thought, you know what, this guy is going to be a game changer. Um, it hasn't turned out to be that case. Uh,
0: Your scouting was a little off there, Brad. Just it was word. a little bit off. It yeah. was a little bit
1: off. But um I, I think I'm going to start trying to maybe blame the Cardinals over
0: that. Maybe <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah.
1: not putting him, playing him in the right positions and that. But I think he's had a really good season last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 12 and a half sacks, which was uh, was his best year so far. Um, because previously, in twenty nineteen, he actually had one sack. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, but if he carries on this trajectory, he's going to get one hundred and twenty yeah, sacks uh, next year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sign <him> yeah. Up. <laughs> so,
1: uh, in four years, he's had twenty sacks, which is uh, you know, it's yeah, it's not really off the scale, is it? No. But um, they they've kind of been playing him on edge, outside linebacker, all that kind of thing, really. And I don't know. I don't think the Cardinals really know how to utilize this guy at all. Really, is um, first round talent. He's, which we know, which we know, Brett Veach loves. He loves first round talent. That's yeah. exactly why I'm going for this guy because I just think he's one of those um, he's one of those players that Veach should probably look at and think, Do you know what, we could really kind of polish this guy up. Yeah, um, slot him into the, uh, the the perfect system of uh, you know like Spagnolo needs. And they have actually mentioned they were looking at linebacker, uh, D-line and all that kind of thing, haven't they, anyway? Um, so I think Hassan Reddick would be perfect for me.
0: I like the player. He's tall, he's fast. He can certainly move, That's, that is mm. for sure. Um, I think the most important part of it here is the original grading of a first round. And yeah. We know Brett Veach loves those guys. We like Reggie Ragnan, for example, took a flyer on him. And then like those are I think Darren Lee as well. That okay, that one didn't yeah. work out. But Brett Veach will happily make those type of moves. And if Reddick is available at a cheaper price, I can certainly see Brett Veach pulling the trigger there.
1: Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Definitely. Okay. Um interesting one that mate. I really enjoyed that.
0: We should do that another time. <laughs> uh, this is right, come okay. back in a month's time and the Chiefs haven't signed any of those four players yeah. or they've signed they've signed Shaq Barrett and Alan Robinson and just left Corey Davis <laughs> and Hassan Reddick on the side the so I'm still I'm still pining over Hassan Reddick <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> free I'm agency t- free agency 2022 do you know what player <laughs> I think we should sign <laughs> <on>, Hassan Reddick
1: <laughs> I'll keep bringing him up until we sign him definitely yeah. Yeah. All right, mate, let's have a look at the, uh, the, the London Games, the yeah. International Series, because um, it's something that really, we, it, we hold it close to our hearts, really, because it's the only chance we get to watch live NFL football unless we're actually flying over to the States to do mm-hmm. it. Obviously, didn't have any uh, International Series last year due to the COVID um, issues, um, but there's a good option. There's a good opportunity
0: here that we may get quite a few games this year in yeah. 2021. Well, Roger Goodell's them. already come out and said openly that he wants them to happen this year. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, um, I don't like giving the UK government that much credit and this isn't a politics show, but we have to acknowledge the fact that the vaccine rollout in the United Kingdom has been excellent so far and yes. and continues to be excellent. And the plan is that over here every adult in the UK will have a vaccination by July, which obviously yep. opens up the opportunity for society to reopen. And part of society reopening is football stadiums reopening, which I can't Yay. wait for. Which I can't wait for. It must be added. Similar to America, like you guys, once you've had your vaccination rollout, I'm sure American football teams, the NFL teams, will start opening up 100% of their stadiums again. And we all get to see what we lo- love to see is full stadiums with packed crowds and whatnot. But if that is the case, then the NFL are going to bring games across to the UK. The last international series had four games, I believe, and they've always looked like they're going to try and ramp that up. And they're probably going to try and compensate as well this time around by bringing more games. So I've had a quick look at the the schedule, and I think there's an opportunity that the Chiefs might be coming across to London this year. And I only say this because of two reasons. The first is, and this will be the only time I pretend to do this on this show, okay? The only time, the only time, is that I know from a source, quote-unquote, that's the only way to um, describe them, that the Chiefs were due to play in London last year against the Miami Dolphins. The game, the Mahomes versus Tua, the, the free interception game should have been played in London last year. But COVID obviously delayed that. So let's... Go with the fact that the Chiefs had an interest in playing in London again. Let's look at the teams that they could be playing. Straight away, you have to say it's going to be an away game because the Chiefs played in London in 2015 as as the home team. It didn't go down very well with the Chiefs' kingdom, which I completely understand, by the way. Understandable, as, yeah. Yeah, so you expect with them opening up their stadiums again, the Chiefs are going to want to utilise Arrowhead Stadium football as many games as they can. So I straight away ruled out half the schedule.
1: So you're ruling out the home games, mate? Is that what you're saying? You're ruling out the home games for the Chiefs coming over. Because if you think about it, it has been a while. 2015 has been quite some time now. It's been, what, six years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know what you're saying. Obviously, the Chiefs kingdom didn't like it. Uh, They don't like to give away their home games because our head is just so lit. Um, But surely it's their turn, isn't it? Surely, you know to have a home game. Oh. It's surely their turn because there was they, they've been away. Well, they've been on the billing to be away for the Rams game and the Chargers game, weren't they? And yeah. yes, you can't count, the, you can't you can't count the Rams game because it didn't happen. Yeah, but they were on that billing to that. That's what they were going to do. They were going to be the the uh, the road team for the Rams game. Yes, it got moved back to L.A. because of. You know, the, the state right
0: in Mexico, was it? If that game goes ahead in Mexico, there's no way that the Chiefs play Los Angeles in Mexico the following year.
1: Okay, I can kind of see your point on that. But I, I don't think we can totally rule out the home option. Okay. Because well, for the sake, mean, it, for the it sake did end of- up favourable.
0: <laughs> okay, well, for the sake of us not losing Arrowhead pride to all of their listeners in <laughs> one fast <laughs> swoop, let's just say the Chiefs are definitely not playing a home game in London in 2021, okay? Because we, okay, right. we want these guys and girls to like us, okay? So let's rule let's, let's, let's <laughs> out, straight yeah. away. They like you, mate. See, it's me that won't like. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: let's have a home game. Let's yeah. just bring a home game over to Liverpool. Do why don't you just
0: bring it. the whole schedule across? We're hosted over here. It's fine. You <laughs> <laughs> can all stay at my house. Uh, <laughs> um, so let's go with the away games. Okay? The away game? Let's yeah. go with the away games. Okay, so let's straight away rule okay, out, out the AFC West, okay? Denver, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, no chance. They're not going to give up yep. those games, especially Las Vegas and LA, because they've already given up multiple home games whilst their stadiums were being built to host mm-hmm. games in London. It was part of it was in the terms of building a new stadium that they had to host London games, so they're not included. Philadelphia, they're not going to give that game up because Andy Reid, the Andy Reid effect. Um okay they've already Andy Reid's already been back there because once because Andy Reid. <laughs> yeah, because <of laughs> Is that Reid? your excuse for yeah, that yeah, one? Because of Andy Reed. <laughs> they I know Andy Reid's already been there and it was back in week three of 2013, but they're not going to give up that game. There, there's I just no chance. Tennessee, another team that i I feel are very unlikely to give up a home game versus the Chiefs because they will class themselves as a contender. And they're going to need home field advantage. And as great as the Wembley games and the London games are, it's hard to create a home field advantage in a stadium full of neutral supporters. It just is. The Chiefs did a really good job of it. Um, The Tomahawk chop certainly helped with that, or the chop. That, That certainly helped with that. But I can't see Tennessee probably want to win that game. Of course, they're going to want to win it. But we'll probably feel like they need that game against Kansas City to have any chance of being in the running for a bye. They're not going to give that game up. Okay. Then you've got the Baltimore Ravens. You've got the same excuses I just used for Tennessee, but you've also got the fact that the Baltimore Ravens hated playing in London. They are the, very vocal uh, about that. They me? were the only team <laughs> that has been vocal about playing in London. Normally, the really well trained, media trained athletes and coaches turn around and say, Oh, yeah, it's really good to play in front of an international audience, grow our game and whatnot. The Ravens did not care about that whatsoever. It didn't help the fact that they got drubbed 44-7 by the Jaguars in Wembley. Mm. But afterwards, John Harbaugh was open about how he never wanted to do it again, <laughs> how it could be somebody else's job to play in London, and they just aren't interested in it. So I think it's safe to say that Baltimore Ravens versus Chiefs won't be happening.
1: Well, they, you've also got the uh, the added kind of, uh, there's two faces of the uh, the. You know the NFL, there isn't it? Yeah. There's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson on the same yeah. field together. Yeah. It's a bit of a high profile game that, and you
0: can't really see the NFL giving
1: the, the, the lowly UK like a high profile game
0: like that on a, on a big stage like that, you know. And rightly so, and rightly so. So, this, this yeah. is narrowed down to two games. Two games. And the first one, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, that's a potential. Mm-hmm. They've been to London twice in the last six years. So that obviously doesn't work in our favour. Hosting once, on the road another. But they have some work to do in growing an international fan base because they are I know firsthand that they are one of the least supported teams in the UK and globally. So they'd be looking to grow their market stamp their their worldwide. brand. Yeah. 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 To grow their brand abroad. And obviously you've got Joe Burrow. They want to show off their shiny new quarterback. So there's a possibility. Yeah, okay, but I think yeah. if it's going to happen, it's going to be Washington.
1: Really? Yes. Washington again. We, we we saw them in 2017 and our head. We don't want to see them
0: again over here. <laughs> <laughs> if it involves the Chiefs coming over, I'm absolutely fine with it. Now, the reason I've picked Washington is currently they are called the Washington football team.
1: Mm.
0: How much longer for, though? Soon, sooner or later, they're going to have to relaunch themselves as whatever... Nickname they decide to give themselves. And once they do, they're going to want to take that brand
1: global. Interesting theory. I like that, actually.
0: The only only way they can do that is by taking the team physically global. So bring them to London. They want a marquee matchup. They want the best matchup. Well, why not bring the best team in the league, the best quarterback Mm -hmm. in the league? So if it's going to be anyone, I think it's going to be Washington blank versus yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs in London. I'm not as confident about this as I was with the Dolphins, by the way. I predicted the Dolphins. <laughs> I was really confident about actually, that yeah. one. I was really, really confident about this, that one. I'm not overly confident this year. Well, I
1: mean, the difficult thing is we don't know what the actual schedule is yet, do we? So uh, we can't actually work out the, the kind of like the international series dates compared to, you know, um, you know, the the actual NFL schedule kind of thing. So, yeah, it is a bit of a kind of shot in the dark with this. The Bengals, yes, I can absolutely see it. Washington Football team, yes, again, I can absolutely see it because you say what you're saying there that both those teams are primed for a rebrand, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where the other teams, Really have kind of bigger fish to fry. I'd say that. Um, I'd I'd still be interested. I mean, the New York Giants one really really looks interesting to me, and that's actually going to be a home game. Um, again, it's going to be Giants versus the Chiefs. I think that would be a, an interesting, tasty matchup. It's not going to be the Browns. It's not going to be the Bills. It's probably not going to be the Dallas Cowboys either. Uh, so if I if I had to choose a, a a home game, if we did have to have a home game. I think my yeah my sights are really on the New York Giants um, because they're, a, they're that team in, in a bit of limbo at the minute. I, sp- I suppose you could say that about the, the Cowboys as well, but I don't know. I just think the Giants, um, they might fare well over here in the UK, especially with the, uh, the, the fan base that they've got over here.
0: Well, counterpoint to that is, what if the NFL decides to actually, let's take the 17th game around the world? Not necessarily just internationally, maybe taking it on a tour in America as well. What if the 17th game, which is supposed to reportedly be hosted by the AFC team, AOC teams this year, but what if they decide against that and take those games internationally? And if you believe what you read, um, the Chiefs should be playing the Green Bay Packers in the 17th game this year. And the Packers are the only team that hasn't been to London yet. The they only want to come, team. They? <laughs> they want to There's come. a lot of teams that don't want to come. <laughs> they, they want. They want to come, but they just don't want to give up a home game. The problem yeah. that the Packers have got, and it's probably something that the Chiefs are going to suffer from in the next few years as well. Um, unfortunately for us, is that no, uh, none of their opponents wanted to give up the Packers' home game. Mm. So Jacksonville, for example, that was hotly tipped to be played uh, to be played in London, or well, the Jacksonville. Um, the hierarchy decided that as you know when Green Bay play in Jacksonville when Aaron Rodgers plays in Jacksonville we want that game to be played in Jacksonville not in London and I wonder if that's going to be the way that teams start to think when it comes to Mahomes and the Chiefs like we don't want to give up this this showtime billing of Patrick Mahomes to, to London we want to keep yeah. those type of opponents those type of games in house when we know we can get a full house and we get the best showing possible
1: mm, interesting be interesting to think what our uh, listeners think as well. Um be interesting to find out if they, if they agree with you or agree with, agree with me. Uh, they probably won't agree with me because it's a home game that I'm predicting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think not will want that to happen. But uh, yeah, but I'm sure we'll see a little bit more when the schedule comes out and we'll have a bit more of a clearer idea because that's when you kind of predicted the Dolphins one last time, didn't we? Mm. We saw the schedule, you kind of worked it out. And Actually, well, well,
0: ordinarily, the, the international games get announced before the schedule they're normally announced first oh, yeah, they but do, I, yeah. I think this year they're probably going to allow the UK government as much time as possible and mm-hmm. and it will be a late late release of the schedule if it does go ahead so that's it from us this month I hope you've enjoyed the show Tom and I will be back uh, every first
1: Saturday of every month uh, during the off season so if you've liked the show head over to iTunes give us a five-star review and get on to Pete Sweeney as well to give us the car keys back as well so uh, we can get back (laughs) in the driving seat. Um, But all that's left to say is uh, thanks very much for listening and from one kingdom to another. We'll speak to you again soon.